Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Tuesday. First of yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Monday. Sorry, I'm a week late on this, and I wasn't here last Tuesday, or indeed last Wednesday, or Thursday, or Friday, or Monday. It was the COVID. Anyway, uh, pretty much all better now, so let's uh, crack into it and uh, talk, um, well, crime, obviously, a lot of crime. Um... We need to talk uh, fuel prices, and um, yeah, that's bad. Um, oh, and uh, we also uh, need to talk about Mother's Day. That happened over the weekend as well. But uh, oh, and let's not forget uh, the Kerry Woodham shock on DWTS last night. But before any of that, yes, crime, crime, comedy, crime, crime. What are we going to do? We can fix it, can't we? The crims and the kids that are doing this stuff are all growing right under your noses in the schools and, and in the playgrounds and in the houses next door to other people. And they're growing by the people that's in charge of them, and that is their parents. And the Torags of today are obviously often the children of earlier Torags and the grandchildren of earlier Torags. And it's been institutionally ingrained into them to be bad or not to care about the rules that the rest of us follow. Um, So that is the great conundrum, how to fix that, then how to fund the police. In other words, how much money do you want to give to the police so that we have enough of them that they can catch the rags? And then are you prepared to fund the justice system so that we can actually process them give them some consequences and have the ability to house them if we have to, punish them and whatever. All of it, that does cost money. And we're talking about tax cuts. It's always the same with this stuff, isn't it? Um, you've got, you, you have years and years and years of people saying, uh, you know, we need money and resources for this kind of thing. And then they, they'll give them money and resources and then it won't work. And then they'll say, well, we gave you money and you didn't, it didn't work. Um, do we have to entertain the idea that some problems just can't ever be fixed? Surely not. But it's quite another thing to actually produce tangible results, which is, I'm sure, what would make communities feel safe. Results. It is, however, we must accept a big step forward to get past denial of crime being an issue. I mean, they must have had to have a word with Potter Williams about actually acknowledging, first and foremost, that crime is is actually real. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised. A government, you know, keen to reduce prison populations, reticent to arrest people with a soft approach from the top in form of police um, commissioner Andy Costa. Plus they're interesting, and I noticed a News Hub poll, was it, uh, yeah, last night they put a News Hub poll saying actually 70% of Kiwis believe the government is um, soft on crime. So she'll probably accuse 70% of Kiwis of being sexist at that point because she said saying soft on crime was a gendered issue. But anyway, 70% of them. And then there was that uh, interesting international research which showed violent crime is actually up globally 35%. But it's the countries who locked down their citizens who are the ones experiencing more violent crime. And that makes sense too. You know, you repress people and restrict them for so long, they're going to go nuts when they're set free, aren't they? I mean, certainly we're seeing that here with violent crime up, gun crime up. We got, you know, 15 to 20 ram raids a week at the moment, and according to stats obtained by the National Party, gang recruits now outstrip new police. So it does make sense to bolster the other side of the equation. 
at long last. It's going to take four years uh, to roll this all out, though. So let's just hope that it's not too little, too late. Well, what does that mean? It's too late to fix crime. Uh, and we should just give up. And, um, and just turn New Zealand into a giant prison country. Have I watched too many sci- post-apocalyptic sci-fi movies? Definitely. Can you, though? Can you watch too many? I don't know. Hey, man, petrol's getting expensive again, isn't it? Hi! What's going to push the petrol price to $4 a litre? I'll give you a quick background as why I think that may happen. Right now, we've got fuel inventory internationally well below its five-year averages. So that means we haven't got full tanks everywhere. Secondly, we've been struggling to uh, match production with demand, and then Russia invaded the Ukraine. So last Wednesday, they decided that they would not buy any crude product from Russia within the next six months, and no refined product within before the end of the year is concluded. Well, Russia does about 7 million barrels of oil a day, and there's only about 3 million barrels of capacity in the rest of the world left. So we're going to have a shortfall. And the interesting thing is, although the Europeans will probably source their oil from somewhere else, and the Russians, because they heavily discount it, will sell to some willing partners, perhaps China and India, the way that the logistics have been worked out is no pipelines and shipping to different parts. That all has to change within a matter of months. So there's going to be demand for tankers. There's going to be demand for shipping. Um, I, would, I think the term a perfect storm isn't the right thing to call this. It's just a storm. So we expect to see um, prices at least over $3. I've just been on a road trip, saw 91 for $2.92, I've just gone past and seen 95 for $3.08, and I've seen 98 for $3.16. So if we put our 30 cents back on, which is roughly, roughly what the Fed and the GST is, there's not a fuel product you'll buy that won't be at least $3, and some of them will be halfway to $4, and all it requires is the barrels to go up you know, from 110 to 150 mm. and we're, we're at $4 a litre. Shall we just never, ever have Terry Collins from the AA on ever again? Because he's a downer. I don't want to hear that news. I don't want to hear those predictions. Can we find somebody who thinks that the fuel price is going to go down, down, down? Let's get them on more regularly. Is that? Can we not twist reality that way? We can't. Hey, um, so Mother's Day happened over the weekend. Was it good? Good for you? Good for Marcus? So I want to talk about... What are they? Father's Day, Mother's Day... Valentine's Day, Secretary Day. We've just come off the back of Mother's Day. And it's coming for some flack. Particularly for the sort of things that farmers and the likes advertise to sell for Mother's Day. Like shaving products and massages and stuff like that. Doesn't go down well. It doesn't go down well at all. So Mother's Day, but a pushback, people aren't liking it. And of course, what's a mother? Um, these days, there's so much other stuff. Well, no, not other stuff, but my theory, guy, 
because pe- people don't, a lot of people don't have mothers or their mothers have died or there's grandmothers or how to acknowledge people that, you know, families have changed, families have become slightly less than a mother or a father. What I reckon we should do, I don't even know who to ring or, who, I mean, we could ring me, I don't even know who to go to. But my new theory is we get rid of Mother's Day and Father's Day. We have two days a year, probably they could be at the same time. One is Parents' Day and one is Children's Day. So you can always count on Marcus for a hot take. I mean, he's way too hot there, of course. Because um, I think his kids are a bit younger. And so I'm at the stage now where both Mother's Day and Father's Day are basically Parents' Day because the kids more or less do take over. For a long time, it's hard work, isn't it? If, if you're the mother on Father's Day or you're the father on Mother's Day, you, you're actually doing it all. If the kids have got no idea, they've got no budget, they can't cook, they can't make a coffee, they can't do any of that, they can't book a restaurant, you know, they can't do any of that stuff. Eventually, though, they do get old enough to be able to do those things, and then you can sit back and reap the benefits, basically. So, I mean, yes, mum gets taken out for brunch, but, you know, Dad can probably tag along as well, can't he? So, eventually, and so you end up with basically two parents' days, as Marcus is, is proposing. We certainly don't need any kids' days. Every day is bloody kids' day. Reapers, Marcus. What are you thinking? Uh, right, let's finish up with um, Dancing with the Stars. This is um, pre the shock of last night's um, dance-off. Uh, Kerry was really looking forward to it, I think. Fingers crossed I don't have to do the dance-off. That's what they're doing now. The bottom two. Have to da- Ugh. Ugh. Please, save me from the dance-off. I just thought they switched off the light. I mean, I get the dance-off when the good dancers were in the in the cast and then getting bo- voted off. And I get it if Reese or Jazz was suddenly found themselves in the bottom. I get the reason. <sighs> Couldn't I say, well, you have it. I accept you're the better dancer. I shan't be dancing again. I'm going to a pub where I can dance and nobody's going to tell me where to put my chin, how to put my arms, where to put my fingers, to lead with my toe. Just dance for the sheer pure joy of moving my body. (laughs) I've definitely had um, people in bars tell me where to put my fingers. Um, So that, that doesn't end just because you're not on Dancing with the Stars anymore. A bit of a dodgy note to end the podcast on. Let's blame it on COVID delirium. And uh, we'll see if I've recovered a bit more by tomorrow. See you then.